1 Corinthians 1, 1 through 9. Paul, called by the will of God to be an apostle of Christ Jesus and our brother Sosthenes, to the church of God that is in Corinth, to those sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints together with all those who in every place call upon the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, both their Lord and ours. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I give thanks to my God always for you because of the grace of God that was given you in Christ Jesus, that in every way you were enriched in him in all speech and all knowledge, even as the testimony about Christ was confirmed among you, so that you are not lacking in any gift as you wait for the revealing of our Lord Jesus Christ, who will sustain you to the end, guiltless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Jennifer, happy new year. Hey, thanks. Here we are, another year. Another year, another podcast. Another (laughs) podcast. Yes, story of my life. Another (laughs) another year, another day, another (laughs) podcast. Um, So we are about to walk through 1 Corinthians, which is an amazing book of the Bible. I know, so exciting. A confusing and problematic (laughs) book of the Bible, problematic and only the type of way that God could orchestrate. (laughs) Right. Um, And so I'm really excited and intimidated. But (laughs) here we are at the pike of the, or really the base camp of the mountain. Yeah, exactly. Um, And we have Paul and Sosthenes. Yeah, who who in the world? I mean, imagine like co-writing a book of the Bible and just like like, you don't have any stained glass, um, which is probably you know what we should aspire to. Yeah, he's probably awesome. Can't wait to meet him. He's got a big old house in heaven. But (laughs) anyways, so Paul and Sosthenes are writing to the church in Corinth. Who is the Corinthian Mm. church? Man, they are like, they basically are like the church in Atlanta. It's so Mm, crazy how, I mean, okay, there's so many uh, books in the Bible where, you know, it does feel really strange and distant from us and we have to work to try to, you know, identify, not Corinth. (laughs) Like like this place, even though, um, you know, I mean, it was a city that was, uh, had many characteristics that we have. It's like, it was a meritocracy where people Mm. were um, working for their worth, right? There was a lot of um, business. It was a center of trade. Um, People were kind of aspirational. So you like get that sense like that they're moving up the ladder, um, a lot of um, affluence. And you know, like in a meritocracy and that type of thing like that we experience every day, it's like you are trying to establish yourself and and move up, but for your own honor, Mm. a lot of times. I mean, people are like, finding their value in what they do. And so like, we're going to see that like all through um, this city and that it's yeah. influencing the people. Also, I think it's interesting that they do appear to be very individualistic, oh, yeah. which is unusual because that seems like a, you know, yeah. a modern yeah. thing. And also this Eastern culture, they're usually very communal, but I think it's probably because there's so many cultures converging here. Mm-hmm. So it was like, kind of feels because it was a center of trade. It feels like it's kind of transient. Um, and that people are pursuing wealth. Like we're going to see references to like merchants and you know, how they're operating and then they're pursuing pleasure. Like there's, they're very Mm. immoral, a lot of sexual decadence. Um, and (laughs) even they're pursuing fitness. Like we see that ver, you know, like about bodily exercise or whatever, but I mean, all that sounds like that's just so familiar, right? To our culture. Um, absolutely. 
and and the kind of city that we are smack dab in the middle of. So all right, that is that's awesome and yeah. very helpful. So and we really see Paul start to get after that. I mean, the very next section is the pretty well known, uh, you know, talking about the people identifying as followers of Paul or Apollos. Mm-hmm. Like there, there's right off the bat all this tension of people kind of wrapping up their identity in these like earthly things. Right. Paul just immediately starts kind of going after one after the other. Right. And that's such a like, I just think it's, it's so good to be reminded constantly that as much as we are like at church and hearing sermons and reading our Bibles that like we are being discipled by other influences. Like we're always, we should always be testing to see like, how are we being influenced by the culture around us? Yeah. Um, it's one of the one things I love about yeah. this place that we talk about that all the time. Yeah. And, you know, like the the idea that they are really boasting in like who baptized them. Like, oh, I was baptized right. by Paul. You know, right, and, right. And like we see that so much here of like, oh, well, I sit, sit under the teaching of Jason <laughs> Dees. I sit under whoever. <laughs> right. You know, and so we take like good, holy things and attach our meritocracy yeah. to it. So, yeah. yeah. Suddenly there. We have a, a pretty typical Pauline greeting, grace to you and peace from God our Father. Um, this is actually an interesting thing that I've learned recently, but there's some scholarship that believes that this grace and peace greeting mm-hmm. is actually sort of Paul's way of saluting both uh, Gentile and Jewish Christians. Oh, interesting. Um, because grace was like a common Gentile greeting, okay. whereas uh you know, Jews, Shalom, Shalom yeah. yeah, like would use peace. And so it, yeah. it's kind of like mending cultures in that greeting. So, which is very Pauline. He's very Pauline. constantly yeah, pulling yeah. together yeah. and trying to there show people like how, um, you know, the Jews and the Gentiles both are transformed, but kind of in different ways, like by the message of the gospel. Absolutely. Yeah. And so already there's this, you know, sort of unity theme that mm. we often read straight over. And um, and we see it in verse two, called to be saints together with all those who in every place call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. So the centrality of Jesus is already, you know, very much at the forefront oh, yeah. of the and reading. this in these nine verses, it's kind of, I mean, I didn't count them up. I should have, but he's constantly saying Christ Jesus, our Lord Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. I mean, over and over pointing us like that this, we're all rooted in him yeah and so this is our point our starting point from that and i love that yeah. so yeah, you kind of nine there's not i just oh, counted good for you. there's nine in the first nine verses i mean yeah, wow right that's pretty and yeah. but like so what you just said like points us to the fact that there's gonna be some hard things that yeah. <laughs> paul i mean he didn't just write this letter to be like no. hey how's it going yeah he's um gonna tell him some hard things and it's mm-hmm. gonna be rooted in this lack of unity mm-hmm. um so there's gonna be some real um you know rebuking and instruction here but that's what makes the next few verses so yes, um, like surprising, really, even though Paul does this all the time, where it's just encouragement. Mm. I mean, he starts from the get-go reminding them who they are. Like he always starts like this kind of encouragement and just like taking them right back to their identity um, that, again, who they are. They're in Christ. They're saints. They're sanctified in Christ yeah. Jesus. and that's just so instructive to me again to like even when you're talking to people and you think oh i need to have a hard conversation or myself receiving mm-hmm. a word of instruction or rebuke just to be like it, it's a lot easier and more productive to take it as like this doesn't change anything about who you are mm-hmm. your standing 
the love that God has for you, the love that I have for you, mm-hmm. like you're you're safe. Yeah. And so now I'm going to tell you something. Absolutely. Uh, you know, it's so important, especially in the beginning and end of the New Testament letters to read it, not like a textbook excerpt, mm. but like a letter written by yeah. a real person or real people to a real person or real people. Yeah. And verse four through nine, it's, you know, the header in the ESV is just Thanksgiving. Yeah. And, and <laughs> straight to the point. Right. Okay. And so Paul tells him, I give thanks to my God always for you because of the grace of God that was given to you in Jesus Christ. Right. And it just launches this, you know, brief section that is really kind and, and yes. sweet and pastoral and personal. Yeah. And it reminds me of, uh, there was a guy, Cooper Pinson. He, he really like led me to Christ and, mm. and disciple me and following him early in, you know, in like middle school and mm-hmm. in high school. And he moved away while we were in high school. And he basically, the guy, those of us who he really invested deeply in, he wrote, each of us a handwritten letter and gave them to us. And it is like one of the most encouraging things Mm -hmm. that I've ever received. And it was very much like this language. Like I am so grateful to God of how I've seen him do X in your life and and just naming specific things. And so this is such an important, you know, touchstone for us to see because Paul is about to jump into some choppy waters <laughs> and, <Yeah. laughs> and um, navigate some really complex cultural issues and right. sin issues and calling out specific people and specific figures. And yet it's all preceded by this Thanksgiving. So what do you make of that? Like, is it yeah. just a polite thing or what? No, no, no. I think it's like Paul understands that Again, you root people, you remind them who they are in Christ, and then you tell them that they have what they need Mm. to do what he's called them to. And they have it because it's been given to them. It's not, it's like even, you know, it's like other places where he says, uh, what do you have that you haven't received? I mean, even our like personalities Mm. and our strengths and our gifts, giftings and just like abilities, that's been given to you. But even more profound in this section is that um, he's given them, you know, he's talking about things that they have that he's been prepared, that you've been enriched in all speech and in all knowledge, even as the testimony about Christ was confirmed in you. You are not lacking in any gift as you're waiting. I mean, that's so great oh, when you're about yeah. to tell somebody like, but like there's some things, you know, yeah. that are a problem. And, but just this kind of way of encouraging. Absolutely. Um, but like when you put that like identity with aptitude, like you, it, it has forward momentum. Like mm. I saw this one, there was a commentator, Stephen Um, he says, uh, he said that he made that connection. And I thought, oh man, that is so true. Yeah. Like if you're really trying to like spur people on, like you can't just like lay down the law and yeah. like come up and yeah. you get fear, you know, all those things, yeah. they come up short. It's this identity and aptitude. And then I think also Paul reminds them that they have a more compelling story mm-hmm. um, that, you know, he says this um, when he gets down to the part about Jesus sustaining them to the end, that they're guiltless in the day of the Lord. God is faithful in whom you were called into the fellowship of his son. Like that is a real, um, I think one of the reasons why we fall into these kind of um, camps, you know, like we're trying to like oversimplify like really complex things. And it's like, okay, that's a message I can grab onto. And that person seems like they're doing it. And that makes me feel good about myself. And so I want to align with this tribe. It's like, 
no, your story, the story of Christ and what he's done and what he's doing in the world is so much more compelling. And that's just an issue of belief yeah. on our part. Yeah. Like we can do these things that he's about to call us to. Yeah. You know, we, we live in the age of the blogosphere and the podcast world, which is a two edged uh, blade, you know, in one sense, it's, it's great because we have a lot of great resources. Hopefully this is a, a decent resource for people yeah, saying yeah. the word and, and so forth. But it also really heightens our tendency f towards tribalism, towards mm -hmm. gossip and slander. And we're really good at, at hiding that in sheepskin, you know, and right. I just think of all these articles that I've written, you know, many of which probably well-meaning that raise all these sorts of concerns about, you know, these people or, you know, people in this church realm, whether it's like mm -hmm. Bethel church or, you know, like a MacArthur type church mm -hmm. or whatever, like mm -hmm. there, there's just, you know, you're a Google search away from all these blog posts that can right. convince you that all these Christians are in this camp are lunatics mm -hmm. and, and terrible mm -hmm. people. And, you know, the thing about those sorts of resources is they tend to a not address the people that are actually at <laughs> question, right. but it's more like, you know, these gossipy cautionary tales of yes. those people. Yeah. And second of all, there's, there's no gratitude and there's no love. And, and so, you know, how transformative would it be for us as Christians when there is disagreement theologically or, yeah. or we see people who are not aligned with truth to approach them, A, from a place of trust and relationship. Right. And then with the disposition of, I thank God for the grace that he's poured out on you. And, right. and he is so faithful to work in our lives. And, you know, these are areas of concern and, and it just like changes that yeah, conversation the whole tone and also just the place that you're coming from that we are both in Christ Jesus. Yeah. Um, and that is a unity that can't be broken. Oh, so amen. we should just be operating out of that place and out of that story that God um, has written in the you know world, but also specifically in the hearts of believers. Absolutely. Um, so it's exciting to see what's to come. I know. A great reminder to move towards one another in love. And we will move forward in 1 Corinthians 1 tomorrow. So for Jennifer McClish, this is Will Carlisle. And we'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to Our Daily Rhythm. I'm Jason Dees, one of the pastors of Christ Covenant. And Our Daily Rhythm is a ministry of our church designed to help you more faithfully and effectively meditate on God's word. If you ever have a question for us about one of our Bible readings or one of your own Bible readings, please don't hesitate to text us at 404-465-1737. Again, that's 404-465-1737. Or email me directly at jason at christcovenant.com. We'll meet you again tomorrow for Our Daily Rhythm.